Soccer Tonight, ESPN LA 710. Dave Denholm, Mike Trudell, and you hanging out on the home of world football here in Southern California. Mike, we're five days in to the 2018 FIFA World Cup in Russia, and I am just getting started, baby. Man, this thing is beautiful so far. I'm loving it. How you feeling, buddy? You know, Dave, I watched my third game of the day today and was thinking, I've been watching a lot of soccer, and then I realized we're only a third of the way through the group stage. Yes, there exactly. Are so, there are so many more days where we have three <laughs> full games, sometimes four, uh, to watch, and uh, it's it's been a very interesting World Cup. I can't wait to spend another hour breaking it down with you, my man. And we do have to break that down. There is plenty to get to certainly today's results a couple of uh, key games going for uh, Belgium and for England getting their World Cup started there in their group we have to take a look at what happened over the weekend as well and Mike there's no better place to start than L3 getting that big win over Germany look I talked about it with the uh, with uh, Travis and Marcellus earlier here on the uh, ESPN LA 710 they asked me how big of an upset it is Mike I'm not so sure that people aren't overselling the upset angle of this a little bit. This is Mexico is good. We talked about this before the weekend game. Not only are they good, but they had what I thought was a perfect game plan to go against Germany. And so, you know, it, it's interesting. You hear so much criticism about Juan Carlos Osorio out of Mexico, but you're not hearing as much of that today. Uh, they really executed perfectly. They scored just how you thought they might. Germany pressing up with their backs that day. We talked about it on, on Friday, how they were going to play that style, and, and Kimmich was going to be basically in the box on the other end. And there was Lozano just waiting on the counterattack with Chicharito multiple times. It wasn't, they scored one, but they could have had three, four goals in that first half. And, and Germany looked like they were a little bit shell-shocked, even though shouldn't, shouldn't that have been what they were expecting Mexico to do, Dave? You would think they were not ready for it. There's no doubt about that, but you're absolutely right. It really struck me as the Germans, you know, and I, Mike, I believe this out of a lot of the big teams, and it's something I wanted to talk to you about. Not just Germany, but we've seen sluggish performances. Not necessarily losses, but sluggish performances from Argentina. We saw sluggish performance from Brazil on Sunday in that game against Switzerland. We saw the sluggish and loss in the performance in, with Germany. Uh, you can even go to Uruguay, barely get a win against Egypt without Mo Salah on the second day of the tournament. And then you saw Spain. Of course, it's Portugal and Cristiano Ronaldo did what he did, but they still did not play great defensively. France even struggled a bit. Mike, I think what it comes down to with these teams in their first games are, frankly, these teams are loaded with guys, generally speaking, who play on teams that crush other clubs in their countries. You know what I'm saying? A lot of Barcelona players, a lot of Real Madrid players on Spain, they're not used to being in tight games. They expect the other team to fall apart and to be walked all over because they do it week in and week out. When they go to the World Cup and they're facing an opponent who's playing for their country and for their flag, and oh, by the way, are pretty darn good in Mexico, it's a different story. And they thought, Germany thought they should just walk in there and win that game without even having to put in the effort. And Mexico just took it to them. You know, okay, so a couple of interesting points there. The first one I want to make on a bigger level is there are a lot of these middle range teams, you know, maybe the anywhere from the seventh best to the 20th best in the world. These are pretty good teams. And while yeah. there's a separation from the top six, it's not like the separation from, say, Manchester City at the top of the Premier League table and, you know, whoever's in 14th that year, you know, sure, Watford sure. or something. So the, the gap, I think, is a little bit closer. And then as for the, the other factor in this, I think Germany's the best example. So, 
a lot of people just expect Germany because they won last World Cup and because qualifying was basically a joke for them to waltz through here. Uh, even even against a, a pretty uh, good Mexico team as they get on in their group, I think same thing. We're going to expect that they're going to smash through Sweden. We'll expect that they beat South Korea. But I, I just caution you, being a, defend, a defending champion in its own right is not good for the World Cup. Okay, So two most recent examples, right? 2010 World Cup. Remember who won in 2006? Italy. They crashed out in the group stage. Just yeah. two points. Okay, they just, I don't know if it was that they were complacent. I don't know if the other teams wanted it more, if the target was on their back, if the pressure was there. Uh, but then the same thing happened to Spain, who won in 2010. They did nothing in the 2014 World Cup, Dave. They had three points. I think they, they lost 5-1, I want to say, to the Netherlands in the first game and just didn't get out of the group either. So there's that susceptibility, which to me is a little bit like human nature of a defending champion and how we heard all the stories from Steve Kerr this year, right, about how the Warriors and, man, it, when you're when you're the defending champs, it, it really weighs on you mentally in the world cup you're the defending champs for three years right and really yeah. really four i guess when you come down to it and i thought that to me is what makes germany a little bit susceptible and you saw it against mexico they they just did mexico was the hungrier team they worked harder they had a better game plan like everything was sharper and they got the result that they deserve man i'll tell you what uh, kudos to lafc's own carlos vela too he really played a magnificent game against germany oh, he really did you, did you think he went out too soon dave I'll say this. Mario asked me that question too, and 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 I know Mario is you know diehard L Tree fan. I didn't think so, and okay. I'll tell you why. I really felt like uh, JCO thought Juan Carlos Osorio thought. You know what? Vela has given everything he can, but he is not a defender. Bottom line, he doesn't defend well. In fact, he really is. That's not his job. He's not supposed to be defending. Yeah. I I really believe that Mexico needed to hit them on the counter one more time potentially. Maybe you could have kept Vele in there for another maybe five minutes, but that's just nitpicking at that point. I think Osorio did a great job with his substitutes. It was a perfect game plan. Look, Germany had some chances, a couple of half chances here and there. Then they had a couple of real good chances. Of course, Ochoa was fantastic as usual. I mean, Mexico, we talked about it, Mike. Mexico is loaded. Mexico's biggest problem is between Mexico's ears most of the time. Whether it's the team, the media, or the fans, they get so caught up in their own heads. Get over it. Stop worrying about getting out of the quarterfinals and start thinking about winning this whole stinking thing. That's what Mexico needs to be doing yeah we've so we've spent some time this last uh, these last i don't know four or five days including the show last week talking about can you root for mexico if you're a fan of the united states you and i both came down on, on the side of no apparently steve mason on their show because uh, th- their producer greg bergman was texting me this the same question and mason was arguing the other way i see landon donovan arguing the other oh. way right that's a, that's a whole thing now uh that landon is playing for a mexican side and so so there's that whole thing aside what i what i always enjoyed seeing is just how much Mexicans love their football and how excited they got. And all the shots from the from the bars, the fact that what was it? The there was a false earthquake, right? Yes. Uh, from from <laughs> celebrating their win. So all of that stuff makes me happy. I'm not rooting for them to win because I can't, as somebody that grew up watching U.S. soccer. But I definitely feel for for the people. And one of them is actually in Mexico. We're going to talk to it about 7:30. Uh, Pepe Montilla, the great Jose Pepe Montilla, of course, who is the uh, the broadcaster for the Lakers in Espanol uh, that you've heard for so many years. Love he's, he's, Pepe. he's in Mexico. He's going to be able to give us the pulse of, of what it was like in that country, which is, I, I don't know, Dave, is this the biggest World Cup win ever? I know they've made it to the quarters a couple of times uh, when it was in Mexico, uh, but man, this is quite a way to start the World Cup. 
Yeah, it's certainly, a, no pun intended, it is a shocking win. I'll give them that. And that, you know, triggering that false earthquake is fantastic. I mean, that is just, yeah, that is fantastic story. Uh, look, here's the thing. I said it before the World Cup. Um, this is not revisionist history. I thought Germany was slightly overrated. Yeah, you did. Credit to you. Yeah, you said that. Yeah. That, you know, that doesn't mean they're not going to get out of this group. In fact, it probably awoke a sleeping giant, frankly, and Sweden and South Korea are in deep trouble when they take on, when they take on the Germans. Sweden is next against Germany. It and all, the, and all the better for Mexico, right? Yeah, Dave, you, you said exactly. that. You said that on Thursday too. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Now Mexico just cannot fall asleep against Korea Republic. And it's funny because I was talking with Mario earlier, and I said, you know what, Mario? Now Mexico just go has to go out and win the group. Just win the next two games. Just go out to play for victories. And Mario said, yeah, but you know they play down to their competition, and he's exactly right. They play up to their competition, and they'll play down to their competition. It th- this game against Korea, the next game, if Mexico. Mexico comes out and does their business and smashes Korea Republic. I got a good feeling that Mexico could go deep in this tournament. There are so many themes that are occur across all sports, and one of them is that everyone, including the players, sometimes including the coaches, although coaches are usually pretty good about this, overreact to the first game, and and so therefore, and, and we're doing that right now. Like, oh, what's wrong with what's wrong with Brazil? Right? They only got they only got a one one draw. What's wrong with Spain? Uh, they drew in their opener, and and man, how amazing did uh, did Team X look? How how great did Serbia look in getting a win? How great did you know, did uh, Mexico in this case look? How great uh, on and on down the list? Russia, right? Russia wins five yeah. nil. And so guess what? They they play again, okay, in, in a couple yeah. of days. So we do <laughs> we do have to kind of slow ourselves down a bit. Uh, and so my takeaway though for Germany isn't so much how they looked in this game because I just think that while Mexico has this massive bullseye on Germany for six months there is nothing bigger in these players lives most of the german players just got done winning the bundesliga or you know or scoring a, a bunch of goals in, in different leagues and and, and so they they were not to me and they didn't look like the side that was sitting there as if this was the biggest match in their p- professional lives they just won the last world cup most of these guys yeah you know in the in the euros like they these they have been or they didn't they didn't win the euros they had a good run though until portugal won so i just think that now they will adjust they will probably beat sweden but i definitely didn't pick them to win and that's just because it's so difficult to to be that team that defends things for that long in fact, the two teams I, w- I will still favor, Dave, are the teams that actually didn't get a win, and that's Brazil and Spain. Because even sure. though they didn't play great, I, there's just so much talent. They created so many chances, you know, and I think that they will be just fine uh, getting out of their group. So those, I, I didn't, I don't know if I change my opinion on any team uh, heading into this, even if I now respect a couple teams like Croatia or Mexico a little more. No, and I think that's funny too. You know, Brazil and Spain didn't play well. Yeah, but they also played Portugal and Switzerland. Right. Two of the better teams. Yeah, in the top ten as teams. Well. Yeah, yeah, top yeah. Ten I teams. mean, so those are tough matchups for a first game. If you want to come out flying, that was just not unlikely. You know, look, did I think Brazil should play better or would have played better? Yeah, I thought they would have. But then again, Switzerland's the kind of opponent that does exactly that to the type of team that Brazil is. Switzerland does not mess around. They are not a team to be taken lightly. No. And and certainly Brazil knew that. I'm not sitting here telling you Brazil thought they were going to romp over Switzerland either, especially when Brazil's coming off the 2014 World Cup. They're not overlooking anyone, so don't give me that. But I do fear for Costa Rica in that next game against Brazil because I really think they're going to start clicking. Yeah, your, your true loves of Panama and Costa Rica, I'm sorry to tell you, they're done. Okay? You, oh, yeah. you, you came in touting them last week. You're all excited about the Emma. They have Emma MLS players on their rosters. I meanwhile hate them because every time I watch them, I think it should be the U.S. Uh, but the I USA. didn't think Costa Rica played bad against Serbia. That was no, a they good didn't. Game. They didn't. You're right. Yeah, they, they, they never play badly though, right? No. That's a side I always respect. It uh, is true. All right, so so you mentioned a couple of these teams. One team that always plays well, kind of like Switzerland uh, of late, Iceland. 
All right, we haven't talked about Messi yet, but there's something that Iceland does that I think Team USA should just completely steal and put into place for the next X amount of World Cups just as a style, and I want to tell you what that is next, Dave. Oh, no, I'm worried about that already. You're going to like it. No, you're going to like it. I'm Dave Denholm. This is Soccer Tonight at the home of world football in Southern California. It's ESPN LA 710. Nicely done again. Here goes Hernandez taking on Boateng. He's got support here from Lozano. Cuts it back inside. It's Lozano! Chuki wins it for Mexico, uh, 1-0 against Germany in that matchup of the FIFA World Cup in Russia. That was the sound courtesy of FIFA TV of uh, Irving Lozano's goal that uh, they proved to be the game winner, the only goal in that match against Germany. Dave Dunham along with Mike Trudell here on Soccer Tonight on ESPN LA 710. And Mike, that's the, uh, that's the English version. Let's get the Spanish call here of that uh, Chuki Lozano goal. Yeah, Russia. <laughs> I can only last about four and a half seconds of that. Holy cow. Yeah. That is unbelievable. A couple That's... more a couple more goals probably coming after that for a World Cup score against Germany, no less. <laughs> Sound yeah. courtesy of Telemundo there. And that was the big L tree victory. Here's another thing I want to get out of this. If you look at that game with Germany, certainly there was some very impressive performances for L tree, not the least of which Carlos Vela of LAFC. Carlos Salcedo, I thought, was magnificent. Ayala was good. Uh, Andres Guardado seems like he's been playing since I was four years old. I don't how old is Guardado now? He's got to be 72 years old. Not as old as uh, Rafa Marquez. Yeah, not as old as Marquez, yes. who came off the bench and actually played fifth, pretty well. Fifth World Cup. Oh, that is He's sick. One of, what, four players all time now? Yeah. Probably my least favorite soccer player on the planet, too, Rafa Marquez. He kind of embodies. Yeah. All that I don't like about uh, world football a lot of times, and yet the guy just gets it done. But you got to give, you got to give a lot of credit to Osorio. I know, I know, L Tree fans want to get on him for tinkering, but Mike, isn't the point of working up towards a World Cup to tinker with lineups to try to figure out what's going to be the best when you actually get to Russia in 2018? Look, if, if watching, if just watching that game didn't shut up the critics leading up to the planning of it, because everything. Obviously, he pushed all the right buttons, right? So let's yeah. just so let's just declare that now. As Mario has mentioned to you, they have to back this up, and they have two games that are that are anything but automatic ways. They've got a couple of tough sides that they're going to have to get points from. You know, they're not they're not just going to advance uh, to the next round with their three points that they have no. now. Uh, so they're going to have to keep that up. Uh, and uh, you're you're right. To, so to bring up the tactics, and that's kind of, and we'll get back to this with Pepe uh, Montilla next. This is what I I was. It sounded like you were nervous about this, but I saw Iceland do something. That I think. Oh no! Would really, I'm so worried what you're going to say here. I really think would work for Team USA. Okay, as as when I'm doing shows with Michael Thompson, he likes to just guess in advance. You, what are you worried about? What do you think I'm going to go with here? With the nine men behind the ball inside the 18, the whole game. No. No, that is not oh. okay. So first of all, that, that is not that is unfair to our <laughs> friends from Iceland. Okay, they now they here's what Iceland did that is fascinating to me. 
Because I haven't seen a lot of teams do this, and I don't know whose idea it was at first. I, like, I haven't seen a Premier League side play this way, but basically what they do, and you're right, sometimes they do drop more uh, players back, but they will attack, and they will attack fast. But what they do defensively that I think could work for Team USA, they basically double-team the attacking player once they hit a, a certain line, but they don't do it in a full press like a like an Argentina might do. You know, They don't do it in, in okay. the way that Germany tries to press. They sort of they kind of press contain. It's it's almost so they and then they encourage you to play either a horizontal or a backwards pass and then they swoop in because they have they have a lot they have really uh, big physical tough athletes and many of them have speed so it's like this this really well organized unit and yes sometimes they do push back a little bit but the design behind it is to be able to explode into counterattack once they get the ball. And I just I haven't seen Team USA defend like that, uh, all on the same page, all moving as one unit, and and that's the way that you beat some of these teams that have a little bit more talent. And we just saw it against Argentina. Now I get it; they tied, okay, uh, but still, that was the result that they wanted. In this this style of, and just watch them next game and see if you agree with me, because I had to watch the game over to really pick that up. But it's like they they they'll just have two players kind of close in, and it just seems brilliant to me. I will do that. I uh, I did not take a good enough look at that game in that sense. That was I mean, really always, nerdy. Yeah, I just went through that. You're always focused on Messi. You know what I mean? Like, but no, it's a great it's a great point. And I certainly will take a look at that coming up in the next game. I believe what's that? Friday. Yeah, the Friday they take on Nigeria. I'm checking it right now. There They're taking on Nigeria. So that is going to be an interesting game because Nigeria, to me, absolutely fell flat in their first game. So they're going to need that desperately. I mean, Croatia played well. But Nigeria was just a mess what? in that game and really just didn't offer enough until they were down 2-0. I mean, what are you doing? It's the World Cup, Mike. I, this is a problem I have with some of these teams. And I'll say this. Panama did not do this to their credit. Now, they went out and lost to Belgium because Belgium is really good. But Nigeria didn't even try. Like, Nigeria, to me, was looking for the nil-nil and maybe hoping to scrap a goal somewhere or something. Go out and play. You've got talent. You've got speed. You've got talent. You've got a good midfield. Go play. And they just didn't do it, Mike. That's a that's a lost opportunity. I guess. I mean, I also think that Croatia is just was clearly better, and they were so much yes. better on the ball. Like they're so much more better better organized. So Nigeria has a couple of players that you recognize, you know, from the Premier League and from other places. But in terms of one through eleven, I just I didn't think that game was even particularly close. No, it wasn't. Nope. I mean, it wasn't, and that's the point. Like, I thought Nigeria, at the beginning of the game, could have really put Croatia on their back, back foot. Look, the way to get to the Croatians is get to them early and don't let them settle into that kind of game they want to play with that passing because you're right, they'll just pick you apart. And once they got comfortable, look out. It was even, it was even before they scored that you knew Croatia was yeah. comfortable and they were going to eventually score and they were going to take over that game. You've got to absolutely disrupt them from the opening whistle, and you can beat Croatia that way. Argentina is going to have to do that. Now, Croatia is going to sit back a little bit. They're going to try to take what Iceland did and what you noticed, and I'm sure they're going to try to do that against Argentina. Now, good luck. But if you're if you're Croatia, man, you got really comfortable in that game. That was a bitter disappointment to me is Nigeria, the way they played. I... I will say this. One of my favorite games, Mike, and I, I, I don't know if you'll agree, was Denmark and Peru. It only ended 1-0. Denmark gets a nice victory out of it, and they deserved it. But that Peru, t- I mean, that was a fabulous game. Yeah, missed penalty, too. Yeah, penalty. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, the missed penalty was huge. That changed the whole course of the game for both the Peruvians and their fans and Denmark. Once Peru missed that penalty, it was a whole different afternoon. But what a game it was, I thought. Yeah, that, that was a good game, and it kind of underscored my second Grand theory. You you were kind of lukewarm on my first one, to be honest. You didn't really <laughs> didn't really embrace it. But I have a second. It's okay. I have a it's second. Not bad. I have not a bad. second looping theory here for you about the World Cup. 
And here it is. So European teams did much better than any other continent. Now, we should expect that. There are more European teams, right? There are more professional players. But my my theory behind it, and part of this is has to do with not just the talent, but sort of the, the technical and the tactical know-how. Okay. All of the best players in the world, you know, minus a couple, play in leagues based in Europe. So, therefore, when you have, whether it was Saudi Arabia, Egypt, um, Australia, Nigeria, Costa Rica, South Korea, right, Panama, Tunisia, uh, uh, and Japan and Senegal haven't played yet. All of those teams either lost or, uh, or tied to European teams. And I just, I just think there's a gap. Like uh, Croatia and Nigeria is a good example of it. They, there's just a, when you're just watching the style and the, and again, it helps to have better players, but the style that they play, there's just, there seems to be more know-how, and I think that's based on these players that are playing at the higher club levels. Now, maybe that's an obvious theory, but <laughs> maybe of course. But I just I'm thinking that what what else in the World Cup sort of go like this? But I just could not help but think these teams. I almost you don't have a, a prayer to advance if you're some of these teams that just don't play at that same level of soccer. No, well, I mean, it is kind of a which came first on some level because why are those players in those leagues? Who are now on these teams, like in, in you know Belgium, loaded with top level European talent. Well, yeah, they look great today. That's because they're very good. You're right. Playing I mean, against all, a bad team. all those players are great. You know, they're you're not, none of these top clubs are paying guys to just be average just because they're going to carry them. You know, but I will say this: like England, for example, that was one guy doing the business for England. I know there's a couple players who played decent. No, no, no. Hold on, hold on. They, Eng- so, okay, that's not fair to England. They created more chances in that first half, like good chances to score, than any other team in the entire tournament. And those are guys failing to score, Mike, who play in the Premiership. So, what? Do you, I mean, there is a, you know, I mean, you're looking at England, that's Harry Kane or nothing in that game against Tunisia. And I know they created chances. Those guys bungled those chances. They were horrible. They, okay. They did they first of all, there's no question they bungled the chances, but I saw this I saw this stat on uh, on the ringer.com. So, uh, in the first half, right, England created 2.4 scoring like actual should should be goal chances. Tunisia created 0. 0.1. Yeah. And so there and that's that 2.4 no, that's more than is, any team created for a full game. And now they bungled them, and I think that's because the players are feeling they're feeling this pressure, like they have to win the World Cup every game because the English media and essentially the Premier League and it's the, so England always plays like they're tight and they finish like they were tight today, except for Harry Kane. Yes, exactly. And if you don't have Harry, look, Harry Kane is nearly world class at this point. He probably is realistically. Oh, come on, for sure is. Yeah, you know, and so that's the kind of guy who can carry you. Now Tunisia, yeah, no question, they didn't create enough chances, no doubt. But it's not as though England ran them over either. You know, I mean, this was, I mean, to me, this is what it shows. And even Roberto Martinez was talking about it. You know, you heard it on the broadcast on Fox. They were referencing talking to Roberto about how. You know, you're not just going to necessarily run over any team in the World Cup. No, I mean, right, right, right. Especially know, if they're packed in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, deference to Saudi Arabia's game. Russia played great, finished some great chances. Saudi Arabia's not very good. We get that. I mean, there's going to be a couple of those kind of games. But realistically, you're going to see far more Brazil 1, Switzerland 1, than you see Russia 5, Saudi Arabia nil. Of course, these teams are all within a razor's edge of each other on some level. I mean, Sweden, Korea Republic Day. I thought Korea Republic was pretty bad. They were bad. But, you know, yeah. and but Sweden was pretty bad too, quite frankly. You know, they so were, I they, they were you know, okay. I mean, yeah. Emil, Emil they tried Forsberg to it. Like was, there is so unlike Sweden to attack at all. 
I know. But I think but they Forsberg, saw... everybody talks about this $70 million, $60 million Emil Forsberg. He was all right. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. They're, mean... they're just not that good, right? They Usually they win by being big and strong and tough and not conceding and stuff like that. Well, uh, you know. and they did that. You're yeah, right. And, and they got the three points, but that's all that matters. That's yeah, the, sure. you know, still find a way. And sometimes you just have to find a way if you're a team like that. And they did. And kudos to them. More importantly, we are definitely, you know, we're breaking down El Tree, Mike. We're going to get more to it, quite frankly, with the, the great Pepe Montilla coming yes. up. Live from Mexico uh, City. Awesome. So that's your guy, certainly. I'm going to let you, Mike, I want to, I want to, I want to have, give you the first question with Pepe for sure, as he was excited about the uh, big El Tree victory over Germany 1-0. He is Mike Trudell, at Mike Trudell on Twitter. I'm Dave Denholm, at Talk Soccer. You can continue the conversation there. Pepe Montilla. I cannot wait, Mike. It's going to be fun. Yeah. We're going to be talking with him about El Tree and the defeat over Germany in their first game. This is Soccer Tonight on ESPN LA 710. It is Soccer Tonight on the home of world football in Southern California, ESPN LA 710. He's Mike Trudell. I'm Dave Denholm at Mike Trudell on Twitter at Talk Soccer for me, where we continue the conversation even after these shows are gone. And remember, everybody through Friday here on ESPN LA 710, we are breaking down and working up everything about the World Cup. Mike, one of the things about the World Cup was Neymar getting hacked beyond uh, beyond control by Switzerland, 10 times fouled. Yeah. yeah. Boy, the referee let that one get out of hand. I'm sorry. I mean, he did. So, so Mario and I were just talking about this during the break. And uh, there's, okay, so you, you talk a lot about Messi, Ronaldo, Neymar. One difference between the three of them. Messi rarely goes down, okay, especially with a nudge. He might, yeah. he might, if you, if you really crack into him, fine, but more often than not, he's bouncing off, creating another chance. If you just sort of flick Neymar a little bit, he's going down. He's going down hard. And yeah, that's typically that's fair. What, and, and so that happened, and I, look, I love Neymar, uh, but I didn't, I did not think he was great. To me, it wasn't just him getting fouled, it was just that he hasn't played in a while, right? He hasn't played full matches yep. in a while. He's been injured, and he just didn't look like he was in full fitness. No, that's fair. And look, and Switzerland doesn't care. They're going to do it. I mean, Granny Jaka, is a bulldog. That dude is going to, he'll follow anybody. I mean, that dude would chop down Pele at this age. Yes. You know, Pele now. I mean, he wouldn't care. That dude is just going to get it done. And Barami is also very tough. I mean, I like what Switzerland can bring, though. They're a team that is, you know, we said it. We said it last week. They're hard to beat. They're not going to wow you, but they are very, very tough to beat. And they are certainly not afraid to get physical, as we saw. And look, if the referee is not going to take over like that, then, you know, you're going to have to do it. And sometimes you're going to have to beat up someone to kind of slow them down. And that's fine. Uh, you know, another key ingredient to oh, this. Dave, before you get to another key ingredient, uh, forgive me for cutting you off, but the oh, great, no. pe- the great, oh, there Pepe he is. Montilla yeah, absolutely. No, I apologize. Us. Yes, of so how dare you? I'm like, Dave, stop, stop talking. Okay. <laughs> Pepe's here. Uh, Pepe, are you with us from Mexico City? Yes, sir. There he is. Um, Pepe. Um, Mike, Mike and Dave, uh, it's so nice to talk to you. And let me tell you, here in Mexico, uh, it's a uh, soccer fever, okay? And yesterday was crazy. Happiness. Everybody was wearing the Mexico jerseys, different kind of jerseys, the green, the white and red, the white, red, white, and green. It was fantastic, fantastic. But before before I, I tell you anything, and this doesn't happen very often, Dave, I agree with Mike, okay? I was listening to what Mike was saying about Messi and Neymar, and it's funny because I was talking to some of my friends here after the, the Brazil game uh, versus Switzerland, and, and, and they said the same thing that, that Mike was saying. Neymar, was, right, he, uh, he was just feeling it, and he was falling. It's true. Ballon Barami was after him all the game, but then... 
if you compare it to Messi, Messi hardly ever goes down. Yeah, no, that's true. You guys are right about that. And look, I wish that was the case of every footballer. I, I truly do. I wish everybody played the game like Messi. Not just I'm talking skill, but just the fact that he is a bulldog and he's not afraid to take people on and he isn't going to go down at the drop of a hat or getting, you know, if somebody breathes on him wrong. I completely agree. But let's be realistic. Until referees are willing to call fouls and penalties, even though a guy doesn't go down, you're still going to see it. That is just the cold, hard truth. For and it, sure. And it, it sucks, but it is the truth. You know, sometimes they have to embellish to get the call made. That's true. Uh, okay, Pepe, hold on. Now, now stop stop talking about Messi for a second. What What is it like <laughs> in Mexico City right now? Okay, it had to be crazy. We literally, I kept seeing all these reports that Mexico triggered a false earthquake. Okay, celebrating this win <laughs> that may be one of the greatest in the history uh, of the oh, country yeah. that is no, soccer mad. To, just think, take us behind the scenes a, there. It's the greatest. I tell you why. Because nobody was expecting for Mexico to be the champions. Yeah. I mean, everybody was saying, you know, Mexico is going to lose. Uh, hopefully, they don't get four, four nothing or five nothing or something like that. But then, when you and I'm sure that you both uh, um, saw the game. I mean, uh, Osorio, the the, the coach uh, of Mexico, did it. Fantastic. And let me tell you another thing, Mike. Osorio has been to Laker games so many times, and every time he's been talking to us. And I don't know. Next time when he comes to the Laker game, I'm going to call you so you can talk to him, the guy. Wait, Pepe, are you saying, uh, are, uh, Dave, I think Pepe's saying that he came up with a game plan during like a Lakers Raptors game. And Pepe went down to, to Juan Carlos Osorio and was like, look, this is how you got to play against Germany. And so basically, Pepe, you have you have saved the country of Mexico here. Uh, it is all – Dave, don't you think that's fair? Don't you think that's a, a fair – That uh, might be fair. Pepe, you have to confirm that for us. Are you the one who came no, up with no. this uh, system that he uh, that he destroyed <laughs> no, no, Germany no, no, with? No, I, I, I wish. Uh, um, um, Professor Osorio, as they call him, because <laughs> they call uh, Profe, uh, all the coaches, they call him Profes, him in uh, Mexico and Latin America, he's very smart and he's very humble. And when I was talking to him uh, about the previous game, and he was very highly criticized about um, changing the, the lineups in every game and don't getting the, the results that everybody was expecting, he, he told me right there, right there where, where I broadcast, he said, do you think I'm going to show Germany the way I'm going to play? And that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. 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 And, we are talking and, with the. Uh, we're talking with the great Pepe Montilla. Uh, Pepe, uh, does this buy? Like, what does this buy Juan Carlos Osorio this win? Because everybody talked about, yeah, but Chile and the Copa America, the most you know, is an embarrassing loss, and we don't trust. Our, d- do they finally believe now? Does L Tree fans do they believe in Juan Carlos Osorio in this team? Well, you know how. Uh, you know how sports are, okay? Yeah. One day you're the hero, <laughs> and then the next day you're 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 the villain. Yeah. And that's what's going to happen. Osorio, right now, everybody's talking good about him, and all these um, um, so-called experts are saying that you know he's okay, but he still has to prove more because when they were criticizing Osorio, suddenly they're not going to say, "No, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. He's the greatest." No, the the pressure is still in Osorio, and and the big question is whether he's going to make some substitutions for the next game against Korea, or if he's going to play the same eleven. I think he's going to make a couple of substitutions. I don't know which two, but 
the guy the guy is uh, he's good he's a very very good um, coach that that knows how how to how to play the the way that soccer has to be played nowadays not back in the 70s or the 60s which i love because the best thing that i saw in my life was Pelé and the national team of brazil in the final and in mexico city 1970 but this is a different story okay Osorio is very good. He has the the trust of the players, which is the most important. Mm-hmm. All right. So, with all of the credit that that's getting, uh, who is the darling of Mexico? And uh, right now, you're in Mexico City. But who, is it is it Chucky Lozano? I mean, is it uh, is it Chicharito still? Like who who if they went to a bar uh, would have to uh, would immediately get the most cervezas put on the counter for them? Which player? <laughs> it has to be Chucky. It has to be Chucky because he scored the goal. Yeah. See, and if you, if you um, during the game, Chicharito played really good. All of them played really good. Chicharito had two two great opportunities to score against Germany, and um, and he didn't do it. But he played a really a really good part because the way he was moving and pushing through the center with Bella behind him, he was creating a lot of room for. Because they were playing against the two, the two centrals, Boateng and Homos, and then Kimmich, which was playing on the right side, the fullback, he kept on going up. But then they weren't counting on the speed of uh, Chucky Lozano. Chucky Lozano was getting the the balls every time on the left side, and that's where the goal co- uh, comes from the left side, and a in a great play by Chucky Lozano. Second half was kind of different, but Mexico was able to get the, the win, which is very, very important. And, you know, and Dave, Dave and I talked about this earlier. It was almost arrogant for Germany to think that they could just play Kimmich how they usually do, which is basically as an attacker in the box and, and just not even respect Lozano with space on the wing and Chicharito laying it off. and Like, Mexico perfectly anticipated that, but it, was, it wasn't like we couldn't have predicted that. In fact, I think we talked about it last week, and what do we know? You know, we're not experts on these <laughs> two specific teams, but it's like, hey, look, Germany wants to full press, and Mexico has the the players that can punish them, Pepe, and that's exactly what Lozano did, because that wasn't even the only chance that they created going up the left wing. Because of the speed of Lozano and Chicharito, because Chicharito is very quick, and then you have to keep in mind two players that were key on yesterday's game. Herrera, number 16, and Layun, number 7, because they were moving all over the midfield, and they were uh, containing the Germans, and at the same time taking the ball and, and playing the, the fast break uh, with the speed of Chicharito and Lozano and Bella, but Bella couldn't couldn't play the whole game. I guess because he's not ready to play the whole game. But you know as well as I do that Bella is a very good player. Hey, yep. look, Pepe. I hope I hope you will agree to come on again with us. We'll be doing the show uh, throughout the World Cup. Uh, it, it's so fun hearing you, especially being there in Mexico City. So we hope you'll come back with us. Anytime, anytime, Mike. You know, I love, uh, I love uh, soccer. I love to talk to you and Dave. And um, yeah, anytime. Uh, we have a lot, a lot, a lot of things to talk about, especially after today. Um, Be- England barely beating uh, Tunisia. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. They got the yes. result. You know, the great Pepe Montilla. He is a legend in Los Angeles, and we love him talking uh, football here on Soccer Tonight. Pepe, thank you for your time, buddy. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. You bet. The legend. He is the great Pepe Mantilla. It's always a pleasure to talk to him, Mike. Good stuff there. Mike, I've got two stories. 
right when we, after this when we yeah. come back when two stories that are, are so contrary to each other but so interesting when it comes to the world cup that's coming up next he's mike trudell i'm dave at and you are listening to soccer tonight on the home of world football here in southern california it's espn la 710 soccer tonight espn la 710 i'm dave at along with mike trudell you can find him on twitter at mike trudell i am at talk soccer if you want to continue the conversation once again thanks to kia of alhambra who is the sponsor of soccer tonight mike a couple of stories coming out of the world cup that i wanted to talk to you about the first one what do you got, is Dave? Just great news out of bad news, thankfully. Did you see the story on ESPNFC.com or .us or wherever you go? Saudi Arabia. Apparently, they had the land their plane. It landed safely after apparently the engine was on fire as they were heading to their next match. So that ended up very good, thankfully. They landed safely. Thanks. And, uh, you know, you don't think about those kind of things, Mike. You travel a ton. I travel a lot. These teams travel a lot, you know what I mean? We just try not to think about those kind of things, but thank God that uh, all worked out there. As Again, they were apparent engine fire on the Saudi Arabian plane that ended up uh, landing safely with no uh, no uh, uh, negative result there, well, so thank God for that. Yeah, I mean, it makes it makes you think, look, uh, Chapo Conese, uh, is that how you say it? That's right, Chapo Conese in, uh, the in Brazilian the team. Brazilian, uh, yeah, 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 top league, unfortunately. And that has happened a few times. Two years ago, that plane In world down. football yeah. and in sports, frankly, we've seen it. Uh, you, don't just, you don't think about it just with so many flights for these teams that are going back and forth, so we wish nothing but safety for each and every one in, involved. Uh, the other story is very fascinating. According to a, this is a couple of journalists, I believe, who run this uh, this Twitter account at Iceland Football, and the the Twitter account name is Icelandic Football. And according to these a couple of journalists, ninety nine point six percent of all people watching TV in Iceland. On Saturday, Mike, we're watching Argentina take on Iceland. Ninety nine point six percent. It's okay. So they're they're like what are there three hundred thirty thousand people or something? Yeah, and about Iceland? thirty about thirty thousand apparently went to the game itself. So. That's a that's a remarkable statistic. I mean, so my so my older brother, uh, you know, he and I are, are very close. He is not interested in sports much. Okay, yeah. so he, like he will not watch a single World Cup game. I don't care if the if the U.S. is in or out. He, he probably doesn't even know the U.S. is not in the World Cup. And he was a varsity <laughs> soccer player in high school. Wow. <laughs> so in this country, that's not happening. Okay, and, and I get it. Of course, it's a three hundred thirty million is a little different um, from three hundred thirty thousand. But you're right, man. That is a that is a very telling it's a number. great stat. And another reason <laughs> why you should back up my uh, my idea to steal the defensive pressure system that Iceland Look. uses for the American athletes that would run it quite well and and execute it. Quite all right, dude, I didn't juggle in front of you saying how great the idea was, admittedly, because I'm thinking about it. It's intriguing, and admittedly, that's not a good radio bit, right? When I'm sitting here going, hmm, that's a good idea, Mike. I like your thought. I should have been more animate about it, right? No, 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 I should have no, been like, Mike, no, this idea is the best I've ever heard. All I was trying to do was to get you to sound more defensive uh, like that, and then that was good radio. See, so it just, it just took a little while longer <laughs> to pay did. off. You got it out of me, yeah, man. Well, yeah, that's why you're a good partner. You know, we, yeah. we drag it out of each other, or whatever it takes. All we care about is... Uh, entertaining you the listener here to soccer tonight which by the way we're each and every monday covering this we will have a show coming up tomorrow night right here on espn la 710 at 7 p.m pacific time i really i'm telling you we're getting tweets flying in at mike trudell at talk soccer of course we take phone calls occasionally tonight's show we just had too much to get to after a long week we'll take some tomorrow we'll take but we do yeah i got a good one here from uh at at salahaddon 20 on Twitter says, Dave can't handle the truth. He still thinks MLS is making American players better. Sad. Oh, Stop. Man, come on. Take a shot. Did you see Vela? Okay. 
Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, come on, he Carlos was fantastic. Vela look. Yeah, yeah he was fantastic. <laughs> How did Carlos Vela look against uh, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the world? And uh, yeah, Carlos held up pretty well, I will say. Uh, Mike, what are you thinking about these uh, matches coming up on Tuesday? This is day six. Yeah, coming I, up in the World Cup. I'm excited to see. Uh, so one team that you know, I don't, I don't know if anyone thinks they have a chance to win it all, but a team that could at least get close, Colombia. All right, so they debut tomorrow. I'm excited to see how they look. They play yeah. against Japan. I'm really curious to see if Mo Salah plays for Egypt. There's been some confusion. Uh, people thought he was going to play in the first one. The coach said that he was fit, and then and then all of a sudden he wasn't. He didn't play at all. You just saw him in near tears on the sideline, and they play against Russia. So yep. was was what Russia did against Saudi Arabia real, uh, Dave? And then, look, so th- this game isn't for a couple more days, but I'm already thinking about Messi again. And all of the, So anyone that doesn't watch soccer on all the shows I watched today were like, D- Messi chokes away, Argentina lost, Messi stinks, you know, Messi, it's Ronaldo's better. Okay, he missed the penalty. That was bad. I will. I cannot defend that. He probably yeah. shouldn't be taking them. But he was otherwise excellent. He created a billion chances. Of course. He took more shots than anyone else did in, in the, the rest of the uh, of the group stage first match. So he was terrific as he always is. He just needs some help. Argentina doesn't have anybody else dangerous until you get the ball to Aguero, and Messi has to dig back to do it. So I, I just wanted to at least defend him briefly for all of the heat that he's taking, uh, and and just it puts in perspective the amount of expectation that's on him. I guess. Dave, that's fair though, because the same is on LeBron, right? The same is on the best player in any sport. But still, I, there's that apologist of Messi comes out in me when I hear. The yeah, but critiques. you know, I also I think you bring up a good point in the sense that we shouldn't be comparing Messi and Ronaldo. They are one and one a. You can flip. I mean, they're just unreal, right? They're at a different level, both of them, no doubt. Let's compare the teams they're on. They're actually quite similar. Both of them have to carry their teams realistically. Both of them have decent supporting cast around them at best. Yeah. I mean, I just think Portugal's built a little bit more to accentuate Ronaldo. Like he's just kind of the tip of the spear, and it, whereas Messi has to kind of Messi has to go back and get the ball, and then also uh, create the chance himself. That that's the that's the one little. Uh, okay, little here's the thing. Let's fl- do the the, the dreaded flip flop. What yes. if Ronaldo was Argentinian and Messi was Portuguese? Meaning- uh, I I think I would I would like Messi's. I, I think that. Mm, that's a, that is a good way to put it, but Portugal's a little more solid in the middle. Uh, like it, that, that's where Argentina lacks that one other player. But I don't know, man. I, look, I'm excited to watch all of the games tomorrow. We'll be back to break all of them down. Is there is anything else stand out to you about the uh, the the, the well? We the, the, what stands out is Russia, Egypt. Depending yeah. on how the next day goes in that group, Russia could be into the next round by by Wednesday. Theoretically, if they can pull off a win against Egypt and Uruguay takes care of business against Saudi Arabia, Russia will be through to the round of 16 as early as Wednesday with Uruguay. So that's something to keep an eye out for tomorrow's match with Egypt. He is Mike Trudell. I am Dave Denholm. Mike, always a pleasure, buddy. Great times. Thanks to Mario Rees and Michael Funches, the two coolest guys in radio. We are the home of world football in Southern California. It's soccer tonight on ESPN LA 710.